Hello, Helen. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so grateful for you. So let me tell people a little bit about Helen, because I've known Helen for a long time, but you guys need to know Helen. (laughs) (laughs) So Helen McMillan is the founder and CEO, lead coach of Sovereign Minds. She is a transformational life coach, success coach, mind-body expert, author, and speaker who supports high achievers in developing their inner resources that allow them to realize their highest potential without compromising their joy, health, or well-being. You can connect with Helen at Sovereign Sovereign Minds. So solveminds.com, we did, we have solveminds, S-O-V-M-I-N-D-S.com, uh, which also leads to sovereignmindsllc.com, uh, because it's a hard word to spell. <laughs> so we try to make it easy for people. Okay. Cause I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Cause I know I went somewhere else. <laughs> and that's what that was. <laughs> yes. And HelenMcMillan.com will also take you there, my old website. Well, when your old URL, which is, yeah. So we <laughs> rebranded about a year ago. So we're trying to make it easy. <laughs> okay, clearly not for this reader, but I. <laughs> okay, so I, like I said, I know Helen. Um, Helen has been my coach. I met Helen, actually, I met Helen at a conference. And we just started talking. And when you know, you know, we just clicked so immediately that I knew I wanted to work with her. We had, um, I would say we were of like mind, like a lot of the similar things, just as people. And then as I was listening to her talk, it became more and more clear that she was someone who could take me somewhere. So that's my experience of Helen. But Helen, why don't you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started as a coach. Ah, oh, that's a little funny story. Well, it's how everything is in my life. I, I consider my life to be very much led by my spirit, my soul. Things come to me in a synchronistic and serendipitous way. And so I was actually in Jamaica that summer with my son, uh, who was in middle school at the time, and on what I call a walkabout, <laughs> where we just have no set agenda. And uh, my family, I'm from Jamaica, so... And I got an email from uh, a lady at who owned a wellness center in Maryland. And I just moved to Maryland uh, maybe eight months before. And she said that she was looking for a life coach for her wellness center. And someone had recommended me. <laughs> so since I wasn't a life coach at the time, <laughs> I looked up and said, okay, God, is that what I'm going to be doing next? <laughs> um, and I, I, I wrote her back and I said, I'm not a life coach, but I am all of these other things. So, therapist which I was at the time I you know I used to own a wellness center I've certifications and all of these things and she was so excited she said absolutely let's meet when you get back and um I said and I'm totally willing to be a life coach but I don't hang my shingle and practice anything until I'm certified in it it's part of my conditioning I suppose um and so when I came back I I found a a life coach certification program and joined it and I it opened up a whole new universe to me that I had no idea existed at mm. the time so it was exciting and I've been on that adventure since and I left the physical therapy in 2012 and haven't looked back <laughs> wow <laughs> okay so 
that just opens up a whole new thing. So you had your own wellness center. So was that in Mm -hmm. Jamaica? Yes, it was in Jamaica. I owned a wellness center called Healing Hands for 15 years. Oh, wow. Okay, so I I cheated a little bit, right? So I went on and I read Mm -hmm. uh, the About You on your website. And a couple of things came up that I wanted to ask you about. So there was this trip to England, right? Can you tell us how that (laughs) trip to England changed your life? Oh, my God. So... I had been, um, I had met and was dating a, a gentleman who lived in England. Um, and we'd been dating for about two years. And I had known, you know, he was a big um, movie director and all kinds of stuff. So he had this big life, lovely life. And um, I knew that when we, you know, started going out that if anyone ever eventually moved, it would be me. And I went to a party one day. <laughs> on the beach in Jamaica and I looked around me I was probably one of the few people there who was actually sober which is never a good thing <laughs> to be the only sober person at the party <laughs> and I said oh my god is this who I have to choose from that's it I'm I'm out of here and I called him up the next day and I said honey I'm moving <laughs> he said what I said I'm moving I'm moving to England this is you know I want us to be together and this is ridiculous so he said okay and I was in the middle of um, closing my business, sending my two children to live with my ex-husband and his new wife. And um, he called and broke up with me. He had apparently started seeing his ex-girlfriend who he had broken up with when he and I started going out. And I checked in and I, you know, uh, I prayed about it and I heard very clearly, go anyway. And I said, what you talking about, brother? <laughs> <laughs> You notice that uh, I know two people in England and one of them just broke up with me <laughs> and I don't have papers to live there, by the way. But that has never stopped me. Where there's a will, there's always a way. And um, so I decided to go anyway. It was a grand adventure. It was the first time in my life. I actually didn't realize I was burned out till I mm. got there because I did not want to heal or help anybody but myself. And um, so I got a job as an executive assistant at a bank, with Jamaican bank. Um, and it, but I spent my days working on me. I went to mind body spirit festivals, and I would walk and do affirmations, and I went to drumming circles, and did all kinds of new things that opened my spirit, mm-hmm. you know, that I'd never experienced before. And I created my first um, guided meditation CD while I was there. It's called Inner Journey. And so it was a beautiful time of expansion and connection with mm. myself. Yeah. Nice. And it, 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 that was one of, uh, many beautiful transformation points in my life. Yeah. Wow. That sounds so amazing to just follow your spirit because you heard the voice. Yeah. And how, I mean, how many of us hear the voice and it's like, oh, it's not really what it's telling me. <laughs> or no, yeah. I don't really want to hear what that's saying. But to actually yeah. be so confident in what you hear and what you feel and just follow that path, I think that's pretty amazing. I think that's something that And let me just let me just add, let me put a little caveat here, right? Okay. I don't want people to get the impression that I was just like oh yeah, that there was never any doubt, that there was never any fear or trepidation. That went along with it. It was stepping into the unknown, right. and that fear always comes with that. So a lot of times we we think that 
we shouldn't feel fear. And if we feel fear, then it means we shouldn't do it. That's not true at all. Not true at all. And I cried myself to sleep every night for the first three nights, three weeks I was there. And I said, what the hell have I done? (laughs) Okay. So I want to, you know, I I, I like to keep the balance. Well, and, like and, it, and, and, it, and it's good because I think sometimes it's the fear that's crippling. And yes. you, if yes. you don't know how to move through that fear, then yes. you get stuck in where you are. So exactly. I have a, another question that is mm-hmm. a little bit different, but was also mentioned on your site that you mm-hmm. discovered a repressed memory of abuse <clears throat> in your mm-hmm. 50s. So what was mm-hmm. that like, dis- uh, making that discovery? Because I- I'm just wondering, did you ever stop and ask yourself, is this real? Did this really happen? Am I really remembering an event? Because yeah. like, yeah. clearly it was a long time ago. So am I misremembering? Is it real? Did any of that come up for you? Oh, a- absolutely. hundred percent. So, the, and especially because of the way it came up, right? because I had actually um was working with a business coach and I'd made more money that month than I'd ever made in my, oh, the previous month, I should say, than I'd ever made in my life. And I'd been working very hard for it. So I was kind of uh, confused. And I had a session with her one day and said, I'm a little, you know, perplexed as how I'm feeling because, you know, this is, I should feel celebratory and feel good. And, and she said, well, how are you feeling? And I said, um, I feel terrified. And she said, when was the last time you felt that way? And instantly, boom, I had this memory. It was so shocking. And um, that of being at my aunt and uncle's house, and it was the middle of the night, and I was crying hysterically. And in that moment, I literally felt like I was right back there, my whole body. I was shaking. My, I was crying. I was As I was telling her how I was feeling, I felt so small and so... Um, disempowered and mm-hmm. and I, I my uncle wasn't there but I, something in me just knew just knew something had happened and she, my aunt was saying it's okay it's okay we and I say I want to go home I want to go home and she said it's the middle of the night don't be ridiculous everybody's sleeping your parents are sleeping we'll take you home first thing in the morning just relax go back to sleep and I remember sitting and looking out the window with the most um I I, I can't even find words to describe the feeling Mm-hmm. Uh, waiting for the dawn to break so that I could go home. And as I told my coach this and as I cried and stuff, um, it was, it was, I was like, I knew there was something in me that just knew. And it was interesting because I had a conversation. I was coaching a cousin of mine at the time who had lost her job mm-hmm. after 20 years. And we had a session later that afternoon. And my, I felt that I needed to share the experience with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at the end of our coaching session, I said, hey, I have something that I'd like to share with you. And I told her the story. And the first thing she said to me is, you're not crazy. Oh, and that was wow. all I needed to know. That's all nice. I needed to know. She said, I know there's others. Um, there are other cousins. So I said, okay, cool. But I didn't have the full memory, remember, now. So I was good. And I was working with a hypnotherapist that I'd worked with on and off over the course of about seven years. And I called her up about, I don't know six, seven, eight months later. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm ready to get the details because mm-hmm. now I've started to doubt. It, I didn't doubt for all that time. Mm-hmm. When I felt the doubt and the questioning start to set, set in because a little voice in my head said, how do you know you're not making this up? 
right? right? You don't actually have all the details. And suppose you're, you know, and I hadn't been talking widely to people about it or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my family, I said something. I'd asked my mom. She knew nothing. Um, so that's how um, through hypnotherapy that I reclaimed. But I didn't have one of the reasons I started hypnotherapy years before. I didn't have any memories before I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. My memories started around the age of seven. And I remember somebody saying something one day about, oh, you know, when I was two and da, 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 da. I said, do you remember being two? Right. <laughs> of course. And people would have details. And my husband would talk in detail, vivid details about their early lives. And I was like, this is odd. But they were repressed is mm. why I didn't have them. And so through the hypnotherapy and over and lots of different healing tools, and I've, I've reclaimed many of my memories. Yes. Wow. And so, yes, to your question. Yes, 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 I did. I did. And I did. And it was a great up. It was a great as. A lot of times, depending on your circumstances, but particularly as women, because of male supremacy, we mm-hmm. live with real male supremacy in this world. Oh, yes. A lot of times we will, we will doubt and question ourselves even more. It's like almost second nature. And we have this thing about, you know, putting others first, putting our children first, putting our spouses first, putting our, you know, putting everybody else first that we are challenged to overcome. <laughs> well, <laughs> really, I, I think that's true because. <clears throat> So many of us grow up with this thing about being a good girl. Yes. Right. And a good girl wouldn't do that or a good girl wouldn't say that or a good girl doesn't want to get somebody in trouble. And so I think those things are pervading because I know for me, there's a lot of my childhood that I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And I've started, you know, things have started to trickle back in, in bits and pieces but a lot of what I remember are stories of what I've been told, right? So I've been told stories about my childhood, but they're not real memories because what I'm remembering is the story, right? Right. So I would like to actually remember the event because for me in my life now, I'm not really good with timelines. I remember experiences. So I can describe an experience to you like, it just happened, but mm-hmm. I can't tell you the year it happened in. And that happens a lot with my travels, right? Mm-hmm. So I posted just recently um, a memory that came up of when I was on the Great Wall of China. Now, if I'm in mm-hmm. conversation, I can tell somebody everything I felt on that wall, yeah. just looking over, just being there, just absorbing yeah. all of it. But then that'll roll off my tongue. But when they say, well, what year did you go? I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's where, I all, have the same thing. where all the thoughts come in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have the same thing. I, I, and I've stopped worrying about it. Don't ask me what year, what year my dad died. And those, and to me, you know, the little voice in my head has said, those are important dates you should remember. But yes. I remember the exact day, time, and where I was when um, my sister died. Yes. Um, when Diana princess of wales or whatever she was princess diana died mm-hmm. remember that too mm-hmm. she died so similarly to my sister my mm-hmm. sister wasn't being chased by paparazzi but you know right. it was a car accident <laughs> nonetheless uh, so it is but i do i i agree with you they i wouldn't remember the year i went to china either if it wasn't for my certificate the data is on my certificate because i went to study that so i'm right there with you and i think we should let that go 
<laughs> we have other well, And I, I agree <laughs> with you because I, and I wanted to just really bring that up because I don't know who's going to listen, who really needs to hear that. Who's like yeah. really beating themselves up because they don't remember the exact year because I have a friend. She can tell you what she ate for dinner, like in 1999 on mm-hmm. a specific day. And it's like, are you kidding me? I remember what I had for dinner last <laughs> night. <laughs> well, I tell but, people I have a lot of information in my brain and I don't need to hold on to everything. When you think right? about how many trillions of bits of information your brain processes in any given moment, moment, much less a day, month, year, week, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give ourselves grace. <laughs> yes. Okay. So everybody, we have permission. <laughs> Yeah. Give ourselves the grace yes. of not yes. knowing the year, the time, the everything, but holding on yes. to the experience. Because yes. I think it's, it's the experience that, that changes the life, that changes the moment, that changes the energy yes. for me anyway. So maybe somebody trusting, else is feeling the same thing. Yeah. And there's this thing about trusting your experience. You know, and not needing it to be validated by someone else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's huge. Um, it's something we grow into. That's a huge part to me of, of personal evolution and that deep self acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and not feeling so rigidly attached to who you are that you can't evolve and grow and change, but accepting implicitly your experience, your lived experience in any given moment. Yes. Couldn't agree with you more. Okay. So when you told me that your mom passed away, I was so incredibly sorry to hear that because I know Mm. that your relationship with your mom like evolved beautifully. So like, what are some of the tools that you're using just to, to get through your grief and, and, and still move on with your life? Ah, thank you for that beautiful question uh, because I'm in it and it's, it's, uh, I'm so present to it right now since she died. It's so crazy how fast time flies. It's now three months ago. Feels like it was yesterday, hmm. especially since uh, as we do this interview, I'm actually in her home. I'm visiting Jamaica and I'm staying in her home. But I, I wrote um, a, a, an article in my monthly newsletter that I send out um, last week, yeah, <laughs> um, because my book, The Gift of Pain, um, was also released last year. And I, lit- I said, I'm using the tools that I teach in this mm. book. And the reason I teach them and I wrote about them in the book is because I've used them, I learned them, and they're what have helped and supported me through all the painful times in my life. And there have been many. I've lost my father. I've lost my sister. But there's also the pain of loss of when you move from one country to another. You know, when you switch careers, when you, you know, lose a friend, but not necessarily to, you know, death, right? Mm -hmm. Because things evolve. So if we're evolving, growing, and changing, there's always death and rebirth, right? So some of the tools I I was in... so, and you never know how you're going to respond. I have in, see, I have goosebumps as I say that. Cause I lost my cousin who was like my sister last year, cancer as well. And I went through six months of literally going within deep, deep dive and the void. I was shocked. I had no idea it would have the impact it did on me. 
Mm. So, uh, but, so with my mom recently, like it was great. I got through everything. I went back because I was actually the day she died was the first day of my three day retreat in oh, April. Oh my goodness! And so I had to move through that whole experience, and it was actually beautiful. I felt my mother in my heart, holding my heart the whole weekend. Mm. And my the attendees who know my mother, um, they said we could feel her spirit here nice. the whole time. So it was beautiful. And um, so, but then when I got home and I, I've been in this, my spirit had told me at the beginning of April, let all your one-on-one clients go. And I was like, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> um, and I didn't know why, but I, so I'll, I'll have those moments. And then I surrender because I know my spirit knows what my mind doesn't. Mm-hmm. And my mom died the end of April. And mm-hmm. so it was absolutely um, important and necessary that, um, that I have the spaciousness. What it did was it gave me the spaciousness to grieve mm. and to open to what's next. Cause I feel like there's a huge shift, um, I'm going through at this moment, um, over this time. So I was in this, I felt the heaviness and I joined a program called that's run by one of my mentors. One of the techniques I practice is called RIM. Uh, which stands for regenerating images in memory, or uh, it also stands for um, releasing the inner magician, which is fascinating. Um, and it's a wonderful piece of work. So uh, I joined that program. It was a six-week program they were running called Goodbye Hurt and Pain. And I said, I need help processing my grief and moving through it and just to have a container. Because you know what? Not everybody can hold your hold space for you when you are processing that level of pain. Yes, that's true. And so recognize, and it's important that we have a space to honor the depth of our pain. Mm -hmm. It is real. It is transform. It is beautiful. It is a, it's such a transformative. It has the potential to be such a transformative space. Mm -hmm. And that's what retreats are really good for, right? Like it's like you get to step out of your life and create this space, step into yes. a container to do the deep work. Mm-hmm. So that's what this was. It was an online container, but, uh, you know, with two masters. Yes. I'm a master and I love to play with masters. So that was the first thing. And you know what? It was amazing that in the first week of that program, I realized, I recognized that my heart was closed. Mm. Blow me over with a feather because right? <laughs> I did not. I cannot live with a closed heart. I, I, I've done so much work to reheal and open, reconnect with and open my heart. And so it is a, and a lot of people don't realize that when your heart is closed, that is one of the biggest pains a human being will ever feel. So whatever caused you to close it, whether it's a, a, a you know, a very often a broken heart from a, from a relationship or from a deep loss or something like that. But mine actually, I didn't realize it had closed my brother and one of my brothers and I had had uh, um, and, and experience, I'll call it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, an interaction, <clears throat> um, between my mother's death and, and her burial. And I felt in the middle of it that night when my whole body shut down, but I felt my throat close first, which was interesting. And uh, so I didn't connect my heart. I didn't feel the disconnect in my heart, but it happened at the same time. Okay. This was just that, you know, the physical sensation I felt in my throat, but I felt my whole system shut down. 
And I felt trapped. Like it, I knew it triggered me because of all the things I was feeling was way beyond what had happened in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get to move the energy, which because you know, supposedly you don't want to walk by yourself on the street late at night in Jamaica. Da, da, da. So I, I didn't, and I didn't have a car at the time to go to, you know, my friend. Or, so I felt very trapped. And anyway, so that was it. I didn't, it was in the program when I was doing the inner work and went in that I realized that's my, that my heart was closed. Oh my mm. gosh. So I started to do the work on reopening that. And then a few weeks into that, maybe halfway through that program, um, I, I, one of the, one of the meditations I got, I reconnected with some, what they call the lost parts of yourself, three lost parts of myself. And they reminded me, one of them reminded me about singing and dancing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, my voice carries healing tones. I love to sing. I have a whole story around reconnecting with my voice earlier in my life and stuff. So I was like, I got to find a new voice teacher because my old voice teacher who became a dear friend died suddenly in December. Mm. Um, so I go about and I find this new voice teacher. And this was very recent because it was just, I just, it's just a week ago. And in my first voice lesson, and it was so funny. I was supposed to have this man and then he couldn't do it. He had to do it virtually. And I was so disappointed. I was like, I told you, I don't want a virtual lesson. I want an in-person lesson. So they found me somebody else at the last minute. And I took a one look at this woman's picture on, on their website. And I went, oh, you're a witch. I love you already. <laughs> I, could, I could see. And, and I was so right in our first lesson. It was like a, such a connection. And I hit a note, which is one of the reasons that singing vocalization is so healing. I hit a note and I felt literally when my throat chakra popped back open. Oh, wow. And I, and I felt, I felt my energy and my strength, uh, come back in. And I was like, it's like, it's like I was offline <laughs> and I came back and I came back online. Oh wow! Like my full strength and power came back into me, and I know it's a accumulate accumulation and a culmination of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. You know, I meditate, I I move my body. You got to move the energy. One of the first things that started to move the old energy out. Well, I did a dance class. Um, Dr. Deb Kern, K E R N, does amazing work. I had her on my summit last year. Um, she does these dance online dance classes, but they're way more than dance. They're, they're moving she's a she's a psychologist she's a anyway she's a healer <laughs> right and so I had done that and every so every little thing that my spirit my soul leads me to that feels like a I don't know why I want to do this but yes right this looks like it would be fun yes right it's following the, I call it following the breadcrumb mm -hmm. and our soul our spirit is always we all is always guiding and leading us we got to learn to follow the breadcrumbs. And what will happen is the mind will want to understand why first. And it will stop you every time. Because the understanding oftentimes, that's why we need faith. Because the understanding often comes after. That's such an amazing <laughs> story. And, and why I relate to it so much is because a couple of weeks ago, I decided that even though I can't read music, I want to go to somebody to teach me to sing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I love to sing, but I don't feel like I sing well. You know, yes. so I will yes. be belting out notes in the car, in the shower, in the house. Yes. And at this point, it's like people around, I don't really care. I'm just going to do it anyways. But I want to, mm -hmm. I actually want to be able to sound good. 
And, and, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like you were talking about in the mind, it's like, but you can't read music. Like, but, right. And then, but it was I can't like, read music. But then I was like, okay, but I don't care. I'm just going to do right. this. So again, my signs usually come in threes. So yeah, I'm going to call this lady. Because <laughs> somebody Yay. who is helping me do something, she's like, oh yeah, my mother's a music teacher. Which color? So yeah, I'm going to call her. <laughs> get in touch with her perfect mom. <laughs> i have goosebumps so absolutely do it because these are my god bumps i call them my truth bumps yes <laughs> so then you mentioned your book and mm-hmm. a lot of the tools that you use are in the book so is the yes. book something that if somebody picked it up and they were reading the book are are the tools within the book or would they have to go and seek out what's in there Yep. The book is, the book is a combination of a lot of things. Actually, I just got the, the nicest, um, uh, feedback from a, uh, mm-hmm. a friend. Um, not, and she, she's not that close a friend. She, her, my husband, um, boss is her husband. And mm-hmm. so she had said to me, Oh, I just heard your book is coming out. I ordered it and I'm so excited. I already know I'm going to love it. And I went, Really? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Cause you like me? <laughs> so I said to her, I said to her, well, I, 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 I hope you do. I'm not attached, you know, people may like it, they may not, but I know they will be transformed but if they choose. And, um, she's, when she got it, she said, I told you I would love it. She says, let me tell you, I've just skimmed through it so far, but already what I love is how it's organized. Um, I can't take credit for that. That is my editor and that is my publisher. <laughs> um, and another, I took a copy for my voice teacher, the second, on our second lesson and she flipped through it and she went, Oh, you have exercises in here. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because you, you, are one of the, <laughs> one of the people who you do things and it's like, isn't that just common? No, yeah. apparently no, it's not. <laughs> apparently no, it's not. I, I'll give you another funny story. The guy who was, you know, you have so many different layers of editing when you're putting out a book. And so the person who was doing the design of the interior of the book um, was also does another layer of editing and stuff. Anyway, so as he was working with it, he sent me an email spontaneously once. And he's British, right? So um, he lives in England. And he said, I just wanted to let you know how much I'm enjoying work, doing, you know, working on your book. And he says, I've been doing the exercises as I go through and they really work. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I funny. I, 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 I was like, duh, why would I put them in a the book? They didn't work. <laughs> well, <laughs> however, you know, as I said, um, my publisher interviewed me last week and, and, um, Oh, one of the things I said is the day my book launched, launched, I, you know, I woke up in the morning, my mind was like, oh, we need to do this and that and this, and we should put a post on this and that. And my spirit was like, chill, relax, have a nice Epsom salt bath and celebrate with yourself mm. and for yourself and really take it in. I advocate, you know, this as a past client, I advocate paying yourself first. And that doesn't just mean in money. Yes, money too, but really mm. take care of you first. Put yes. the oxygen mask on you. And so it was so sweet and delicious just reveling in my accomplishment. Because, and I told her, I said, this book first and foremost was for me. Mm-hmm. And 
it's because of the journey that I went through in writing it and then putting it into the world. Mm. It was a period of over eight years. Right? Oh, okay. And it's, and it's been, and it's been finished a couple of times, but I didn't feel like it was, it wasn't something I was proud of. Right. Mm. This version, I'm supremely proud of. Nice. And so, as I said to her, this, that was, I've received my gift from this book. And when I chose to publish it and put it into the world and tell people about it and ask them to buy it and to consume it, they have an opportunity to receive a gift for themselves. I cannot guarantee they'll receive that gift because that's our free will. That's free choice. Right. And we individually, that's our sovereign power. We get to decide and we get to choose how and if something serves us. So, so the fun oh. part for me now will be hearing back from people how it is, how and if it is impacting them. And then I'll know. I know how it's impacted me. And I know the information in here works because I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. And this shift system that I teach is in here. So, uh, you know, as the tagline for the book says, it's an invitation to shift your perspective, mm. reclaim your power, and transform your life. And it can do that if you allow it, and if I you're think, open and ready. Well, several key things there. Allowing, being open, but most yes. of all, being ready. Because you yes. can get something, but if you are yes. not ready, you can be open, yes. but if you're not ready to receive it, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not going to have the impact that it would have if you were ready to receive it. And sometimes you don't even know that you're not ready until you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then yes. you go back when you are ready and it's like, how did I miss this? You know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the thing is, like, I know it had to take a lot of confidence in, not only yourself, but your process to write this book. So talk to me about what someone has to do to find confidence in all areas of their life, even if they feel like a confident person. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that last piece, right? Even if they feel like a confident person, because we, we, we all have confidence in some aspect of ourselves. Right. And, and uh, some aspect of our lives. And when you're a supremely, I'm a confident person. Um, and there are things that I feel not confident about and around. And especially if it's something I've never done before, mm-hmm. something I don't have a lot of experience with. Um, and so one of the things I'll tell you is that last year, um, when we were launching the 10X Your Self Confidence program, um, through our company, Sovereign My son, Matthew, um, is our director of education. He's also one of our coaches. And he was leading this program. Um, and my spirit said, you should join it. And again, I was like, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> These people in this program, I've taught them before. I, most of them have been my clients. Da, 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 da. That's ego. Um, and so I said to him, I'm not sure. I was kind of on the fence. I was like, can I turn up the first day, you know, and see how I feel? <laughs> but it's your company. Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. 
because I wasn't sure what I needed more confidence for, quite honestly. I wasn't sure. Like, it's like 10x my confidence. I'm already confident. Look how many things I've done. Mm. That, that is our Achilles heel. If you're very accomplished, if you're highly successful, etc. Right? Um, so thankfully I listened to my spirit. So I turned up the first day and halfway through it was so clear to me. Halfway through that first call, I was like, and I said to them, I said, I need to, I will be joining you all on this journey. And they were all so thrilled. They were like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, and I played full out as a student, as a member of that program. And I took off my, my coach's hat and I put on my coachee's hat and really went from it from that place. And it was during that program that I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do the book again. The book needs to be drawing. It really does. So yeah, it was in the Tenex program that in doing that work and, and that consistency and having the support of the group and, um, Matthew. And then I hired, uh, World Changers and Bryna and the rest is history. And there are other things that I created out of that being in that program that would not have been born our inner quest. Uh, because we, we approach things from, Building that confidence, self-confidence is self-trust. Mm. It's self-trust and it's, and it's that whole navigating fear, navigating fear, feeling the fear, as Susan Jeffers said in her famous book, feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. But how do you do that? But how do you do that? Right? Yes, that's so the, the question. <laughs> thing, so the first thing we do, we know this from doing this for ourselves and with lots of people, you got to connect with your heart first. You cannot have enough boldness and confidence. Well, you can, but we believe in joyful success, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And sustainable, joyful success is sustainable, success, right? Otherwise, you're going to get sick. You're going to get burned out. You're going to, so we know it has to begin with the heart. And the reason that our, you know, the company, when we rebranded the name is Sovereign Mind is because you've got to actually connect with what is your true mind, not the conditioned mind. Right. right. And then the head and the heart have to play together. Right. And the head is often the conditioned mind is the gatekeeper. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we got to make <laughs> friends with it. We got to make friends with it and have it serve the heart and soul, not the other way around. Right. And that's well, important. I, I guess have that, that we need to get in the program <laughs> because if you're somebody who doesn't live in your body, or you, you can live in your body, but you spend a good amount of time in your head to truly connect the two and have them in harmony. I'm going to go with the 80-20 rule. So at least 80% yeah. of the time yeah. <laughs> can be yeah. a challenge, can really be yeah. a challenge because especially, you know, if you've been one of those people who on the, I'd ha- I'm going to just put, put it up on the education road. Right. I think, um, and I'm not talking about myself here on that road (laughs) to the next degree, they, from elementary school all the way up, it's like they, they educate the creativity and the heart out of you so that you spend so much time thinking about things and thinking about the next thing that it's hard to really feel into the next thing yes, and yes. 
know what it feels like to be in the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> so on yeah. a completely life note, what's it, mm-hmm. what did you have to learn to work with a family member? Because you said your son, Matthew, and that you yes. two work together. Oh so now, not only is he a family member, but he's your son. So that's a completely different dynamic. So coming together oh, yeah. to work as, as, um, the word I'm looking for, colleagues. How was yes. that? <laughs> it's been a journey. <laughs> a beautiful journey. A beautiful journey. Um, I hired him first. I was doing, um, about maybe six years ago. I was doing a, um, a program called, um, um, powerful communicator in Tennessee. And he has, um, a master's in acting coaching and training mm-hmm. and teaches, um, acting, um, at colleges in London and where he lives, London, England. And so, you know, the, the improv is such a fun way to um, engage, you know, and and always looking for uh, ways to bypass the conditioned thinking mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I had hired him to, you know, come up with some creative new act- activities for us to do in my intensive. And he did such a great job. I said, you know, next year you should actually fly over and teach it with me. And so... He was, he was excited about that and said, sure. So I, that, um, but first I said, but first you gotta, now he had, how he even ended up being in England, by the way, doing his master's there. He was doing, he did my dream coach, um, training. He was hmm. my client, a paid client. <laughs> I met um, so he knew the, he knew the work, right? And it, it is why gave him the courage to, to move to England and do his master's and he loved living there so much. He came, only came home to the U S long enough to figure out how to get back there mm. <laughs> legally. So after his student visa expired and he's lived there ever since. And that was seven, eight years ago, whatever it was. Anyway. So he came, uh, he, so I said to him, well, you need to, to join one of my programs. So he, I think I had a, a line and amplify program that he joined that year as a, as a, as a student and did the program. And then he came and taught it with me. Um, and then he's just been teaching, co-leading events with me ever since. And he is the, he's the assistant coach on the group programs. Our group programs are always a hybrid of group and one-on-one. Mm. Um, because in the group, there's a, you know, there's a learning and an interaction and it's like being with, you know, 10 other versions of yourself, right? It's a fast track way to grow if right. you're open to it. And then the one-on-one is where you can't hide. <laughs> you can hide in a group. Um, and it's where you get to deal with, with your stuff directly. Right? right. So we always do that hybrid. So he is the one-on-one coach and then we co-lead the group um, calls together in the group program. Um, and then our live events, we co-lead because we, he just brings something different. So back in 2020 was, was it 2020 that the George Floyd, um, when George Floyd was murdered. Um, yeah. yeah. And we were actually that weekend, we were actually leading, um, one of our intensives uh, in person. And so we were, Oh, was it? no, it wasn't intensive. It, we had just gone online with it because 
COVID, right? Yeah, I think. So anyway, we, yeah. <laughs> we were in this beautiful bubble. We were in this beautiful bubble all weekend. And then on Sunday evening, I come out and I'm like, go upstairs to my husband. And he's watching TV and I'm seeing like the world is on fire, like riots and burning. And I was like, talk about like shock. I was like, what is happening? Right. <laughs> and that's when I learned. That's the first time I learned what had happened. Mm. And oh boy, did that open up a can of worms. Mm-hmm. Because with white supremacy came for me at least this whole awareness of the male supremacy mm-hmm. as well supremacy it, i would think i was just dealing with supremacy and, and you know of all kinds and, and there had been an incident during the an interaction that we had in the intensive that weekend that kind of ignited it for us and so as we discussed it and he just couldn't get it he couldn't see it it's like being in the soup you, you, or the fish in the water. You've swam in the water your whole life. You, you know, you don't know what the hell water is, right? Right. It's just, that's your And home. so, yeah. And there were, I think about, we literally were like, <laughs> for about three months. It's crazy. It was just, oh my goodness. He just couldn't get it. He just couldn't get it. And then mm. I had to let it go. And I said, okay, you may never get it. I let it go. Cause you know what happens. When you let things go, they get to sort themselves out. But there are many times when I've caught myself um, unconsciously trying to mother him, be mm. the mother, you know, provide for him. And then I get resentful because he's not a baby. And he's a big man. Right. <laughs> you know, and then there was times when he had this kind of entitlement because I'd built this business over 10 years and then invited him in and given him status. So he had no idea what it was like to do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That was interesting. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And that's one of the reasons when my soul was like, you got to burn Helen McMillan coaching to the ground and, and resurrect and start Sovereign Minds. Sovereign Minds was starting. When you change your company name and rebrand in that way and change the name, it's like starting over. You have mm. to bring, build brand awareness all over again. It's like starting from the ground up. Mm. And if I'd known that, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't know because it needed to be done. Right. Well, sometimes it ignorance, home. it yeah. can be bless. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, if you know all the facts, then you're like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> Absolutely. There have been a couple of times in my life where that's been the case. And I look back and I'm like, I'm grateful. And I understand the wisdom in it. Yeah. So we've worked through all of that and it's been, it's been, I've, I've, there've been times when I'm like, okay, maybe this won't work. And I've been prepared to let it go completely. And I, you know, we have, we're able to have really honest conversations, which is what is lovely. Mm. Really lovely. Yeah. And we are so alike. Um, he's highly intuitive. He's very gifted at what he does. He's a brilliant coach. Our clients love him. I've had jealousy issues, you know. I'm like, I think they love you more than me. I think you're a better coach than me and you haven't been doing it as long. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had to accept our differences and that doesn't mean one is better or worse. Mm. We are simply each unique individual and we need right. to stand and own our uniqueness. So it's been a wonderful game. <laughs> and it cool. continues. That actually does sound pretty amazing because that also brings up the and. It's yeah. not either or, it's and. And, yeah. and the two of you 
create something that neither one of you could have brought yeah, separately. So that sounds that sounds so amazing. So I just want really want to thank you so much mm. for taking the time to be with me. And as always, I always learn when I'm with you. <laughs> something always thank happens. you. So um, I'm just so grateful. Well, I want to thank so, you. I want to thank you for the opportunity. And I always love connecting with you. And I want to honor your beautiful spirit and soul. Oh, and thank you've you always so much. been beautiful for my first. And it's just such a, a gift and an honor to be able to watch people evolve. And it's been, I'm, I'm loving watching your own journey of evolution. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You got me grinning all over myself. (laughs) So tell me one more time where people can find Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. So we're on, we're on social media. We're on Instagram, our sovereign minds. We're on, uh, LinkedIn, Helen McMillan. Uh, we are on, um, our website is, uh, sovminds.com, S-O-V-M-I-N-D-S.com or, um, sovereignmindsllc.com. Um, and, uh, we're on Twitter, but I really don't tweet much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we're definitely on Facebook. We actually have a, co- uh, a community page, um, Our Sovereign Mind. Um, sorry, forgot to turn off the phone. Um, and, um, yeah, so we, that's our page. We have a Sovereign Minds LLC is our page on Facebook. Um, and as, like I said, we have a community, um, Facebook community group on, called Sovereign Minds Community. So oh, perfect. So lots of we have lots of places it. to find you. Yes. And the book, The Gift of Pain, is available on all booksellers um, and on Amazon. Uh, it's the only format it's not available in just yet is audio audiobook, and that is in the works. So. Are you going to read it yourself? Absolutely. Nice. I, I, I love, I love doing voiceovers and I love listening to audiobooks and years ago um I came to know that my voice carries healing tone so it's very important that I read it nice that's so perfect (laughs) 